Hey guys, happy Halloween uh, for those of you who celebrate and I think everybody should. Um, I put on this uh, just to feel how it used to feel. I think that uh, in many ways uh, hair is an accessory that is really unnecessary, but that's me uh, after being uh, shaving my head since I was 23, so maybe I underestimate hair in general, but it's kind of a, a nice feeling to have an accessory over your head, to have something covering this spot here. Um, uh, so yes, ah, yes, actually I have this also, and it's... I think now it looks more professional. I think that the reason why uh, it also helps with the light. I have a new light. I think the reason why um, I wanted to be a hippie is because there is definitely a correlation between what you like to get costumes or what you like to wear for costume parties or for Purim or for Halloween or for any celebration where you put on um, some funny hats and stuff like that. Uh, is because it kind of a glimpse of a past life or something that maybe is a, is a residue from a past lifetime that you had, maybe an echo, maybe like in a Soul Retriever that a piece of your soul is still a hippie in Woodstock uh, or something, still high there. But the thing is that I was born 68, therefore I don't think the chances of me being a hippie in a past lifetime are very, very high. So I always had this... Um, lamentation you can say or feeling like oh i missed the most important meet uh, you know period in uh, the 20th century i was born in the 60s you know sting at least could say you could have a song born in the 50s but born in the 60s you kind of missed uh, the whole of the 60s most of the 70s and then you kind of land as a teenager uh, during the punk era which is kind of okay but it's uh, part of being born the x generation anyway I think that Halloween is a very, very important holiday. That's why I try to commemorate it or to celebrate it today. Uh, we're doing also in Hollywood that past lifetime regression specifically for Halloween. So those of you who are going to join us, thank you very much. We're sold out. Uh, so there's a waiting list, but I don't think there's any uh, space left. But we'll do it again. But anyway, the idea behind Halloween is interesting because at that time we're supposed to uh, wear costumes, you know, wear a, a new skin in a sense. If you think about Adam and Eve when they were supposedly expelled from heaven, I don't think it was an expelling situation. I think it was more like a, like a family meeting between God, goddess, uh, Adam and Eve and deciding what's next now that you have done something. You, you started doing drugs and we told you not to touch the tree of knowledge, good and evil. And you, you went ahead and you started doing... Um, uh, these uh, illicit drugs and so forth. So we need to send you now for many lifetimes of rehabilitation on planet Earth. And no, we can't come with you. And no, you're not going to get any more of that fruits of the tree of knowledge, good and evil. And you know what? You're not going to even get the tree, uh, the fruits of the tree of life. So you're just going to have to go down to Earth. And it says that God gave Adam and Eve uh, skins to wear. And those skins to wear are basically these skins, you know, uh, the same way that in Spanish we say to reincarnate, reencarnacion, also in English actually, to get into carne, into meat, to get into the tacos again. We get into the meat, uh, this meat, this, this physicality, so that we can 
experience and rehabilitate from the tree of knowledge good and evil. Try to separate ourselves from the duality back into the union. Stop wearing these clothes of masculine and feminine, old and, and young, uh, from here, from there, us, then, them, all of those separations. Uh, they're kind of false uh, skin that we have to kind of break away from in order to return back up to heaven and hopefully not touch the drugs that are very, very, very tempting up there in heaven. Anyway, maybe this was going on for a long time now. You know, humanity gets uh, you know, rehabilitated, uh, detoxed from the drugs of separations. They go back to heaven. They spend some time there with God or goddess, whoever is available. And then they see the drug dealer again, and they kind of like think about the AA, yes, no, yes, no. And they have a really big fight with God or goddess. The next thing you know, it's happening again. Anyway, in Halloween, I think what is happening is that we get a chance to wear clothes again. Because if you think about it, living in, in planet Earth is one big Halloween, in a sense. The reason why is because we are as souls, and every soul, every lifetime, we decide to wear a different costume. One time you will be a man and a blonde. One time you'll be a woman and you're black. Another time you'll be, a, I don't know, a transgender and you're oriental or coming from the north or coming from the south or coming from the west, you constantly change your costume in a sense. You change the color of your skin, you change your gender, you change your affiliation. Sometimes you love sports, sometimes you hate it, sometimes you're a geek, sometimes you're a goth. You know, you every lifetime you basically wear a new costumes. If you're a Scorpio, which is the period now that we're celebrating, you're even allowed to reincarnate without having to die, which is um, a big quality. So if you have your moon in Scorpio, Scorpio rising, anything to do with Scorpio, it gives you that plug, that ability to die without actually having to decompose and be able to find yourself in a new body, in a new costume. So Halloween, I think, is a little island in that sea of insanity, which is actually sane, when we understand that we are here to wear costumes and that we are not necessarily the people with the wigs and uh, the nice hair uh, and the glasses and so forth, but we are something deeper than that or bigger than that. Uh, so every lifetime we choose our limitation what we want to wear on ourselves uh, and limit ourselves in a sense by choosing a certain ego, a certain identity. So what the ego does, it's a funnel of energy. It funnels the soul into a specific lifetime. And that lifetime is what we need to lead in this life. That was my little uh, spiel on, on Halloween. We'll talk a little bit more about Halloween. Hallo actually comes from the etymology of uh, Indo-European languages that have to do with sacredness or make sacred. So in that sense, I think it's uh, kind of nice. It's a day where we are all made sacred or a day where we are touched by sacredness. And that's why they say that the veils between the living and the dead and therefore also between different lifetimes is very, very thin right now uh, as we are speaking during the period of um, what we call Halloween. I mean, this hair thing, it gets into your eyes. Oh my God, I feel like a dog. So anyway, um, 
I think that today is a very powerful day. Also, if you're not doing anything, I would definitely do some kind of a deep meditation today because, like I said, the veils or the separation between different lifetimes, between the living and the dead, between you and your ancestors that you might have lost that you want to connect to is very, very thin. Therefore, today you might get some visitation, whether it's some intuition, some insight, uh, some uh, voices, memories from uh, your ancestors. And don't forget that your ancestors live inside of you the trick and treating the trick trick and treating doesn't have to be going out to the streets and doing it to other people you're doing it also inside of you because inside of you in your gen genetics in your dna you have your ancestors so it's not like you have to go to a temple of ancestors like they do in shinto tradition or look at the at the picture of your grandfather and want to talk to them your grandfather, your great-grandfather, your great-great-mother, all of them are in your DNA. They're in your genetics. That's why in astrology, I uh, associate genetics and ancestral karma with cancer. Obviously, cancer has to do with memories. Cancer has to do with the past. And cancer has to do with immovable things like your DNA. We can shut them up the same way that you can shut your mother up or shut your father up if they really annoy you, uh, but you can't really dismiss them. You can't uh, separate yourself from them. Sorry, the hair goes into my eyes. How do you guys do it with that hair all over you? I mean, it's kind of difficult. But anyway... This is what's um, happening today. Any kind of deep meditation that has to do with connecting to your ancestor, connecting to past lifetime, what Halloween and the Day of the Dead, November 1st, November 2nd, is considered to be is a time of liminal a liminal time. Liminal basically means that there is um, the, the, the laws of nature are not working perfectly well. And you add into it the fact that we're now in between two eclipses. The eclipse that was happening October 25 and yet to happen on November 8. And the fact that Mars is stationary today going retrograde tomorrow on Halloween. It's kind of a big deal. I think that, again, any kind of planet's retrograde brings us back to the past, therefore also to past lifetimes. So you might experience quite a lot of memories from past lives. Uh, you're going to get a lot of flashing memories from this lifetime. So today, tomorrow, the day after, very interesting time. And if we're talking about uh, the days to come, let's just dive into it into those um, specific dates that are important for us to pay attention to. So here we go. We're always going to do it like that from now on. Remember the new formats? A lot of people actually emailed that they said that they prefer it like that. So here we go. We're going to talk about uh, the days to come. Today is Sunday. The moon is in Capricorn. Uh, but tomorrow, Monday, the moon is still in Capricorn and the moon is going to be conjuncting Pluto. That's kind of interesting, the moon on top of Pluto, because Pluto is the ruler of Scorpio. So we definitely have a special affinity uh, to Pluto right now. And if we look in the chart to see we are now during Scorpio, uh, of course, the sun is already eight days in Scorpio. It's going to have three more weeks of uh, spending time in Scorpio, a period where you're supposed to connect to your intimacy, your sexuality, your magic, your abilities to transform your healing abilities. So it's a very magical time. Scorpio is always a time of magic. It's not a coincidence that we celebrate the Day of the Dead and Halloween 
during this period. It's not also surprising that all of the entertainment is now geared around scaring us in a sense. Uh, that's precisely what we're looking for in Scorpio. Scorpio is a very emotional sign and because and Scorpio likes to scare us in order to make us feel you know tor uh, cancer for example which is another sign of um, emotions makes us sometimes feel guilty in order to feel so there's always this thing with water signs that uh, they make us feel and if they're not successful in making us feel they go into a, a what is called a little bit more of a cheaper emotion that's easier to access and uh, has much bigger appeal to people therefore it's more much more of a best-selling emotions so guilt and shame is for cancer for scorpio it's definitely fear and horror and for pisces i guess for pisces it will be more confusion um confusion will probably be the best word for the cheap emotion that pisces use to engage us so it's you know it's like these uh, apps uh, that are now f doing whatever they can to create engagement uh, from us the same thing has been done with zodiac signs for many many thousands of years and they engage us sometimes through cheaper emotion especially water signs will do it through emotions fire sign of course will do it through action intellectual or air sign will do it intellectually and the earth sign will do it through bakshish and uh, a bribery you know forcing us to stay in their domain longer and engage so what we have today we have sorry tomorrow we have the moon on top of pluto it, it can be a very transformative day because the moon talks about instinct emotion it's in capricorn which it's a sign of exile remember the moon is the ruler of cancer when it's in capricorn it's opposite so it's in exile because it looks over and the furthest away sign possible from capricorn is cancer and the moon wants to be in cancer and she feels terrified and anxious that she's so far away from home so she makes you feel a little bit more anxious she makes us all feel like we're in exile but wait i'm at home i'm why i'm exile it's a feeling it's an emotion of exile you know the ultimate exile we feel is the exile from that oneness we talked about before that's why babies cry when they're born because they realize oh my god i'm not going to have 80 90 100 years if all goes well of long distance relationship from my one from my beloved from my ecstasy from my god so that's the kind of anxiety we're talking about when the moon is in capricorn because it's further away possible from feeling at home and feeling secure so there's a feeling of insecurities literally when the moon is in capricorn and when you add the fact that pluto is on top of it it causes mass hysteria that's probably what happened today or yesterday uh, in korea if you heard in seoul that 150 people were trampled trampled to death you uh, also in somalia somalia there was 100 people that died in an explosion this is very much more stationary but it's also this time of the year where scorpio is activated and all the fears and all the insecurities are resurfacing so tomorrow not only we have the moon on top of pluto a very a day of feeling insecure but also it's opposite to um a minerva and opposite to the black moon so when it's opposite to the black moon the moon is opposite to the black moon we have that case of the good mother the bad mother now it could be one person one boss that for example or or a mother figure that you're dealing with or somebody around you that is a woman that's probably older than you that could be embodying that good and bad like these double messages or it could be two different people around you and you feel yourself caught between either two family members who are pushing you and pulling you in different direction or two women that are fighting over you and that's because again the moon is opposite to 
Pluto and opposite to the moon tomorrow. So there's going to be a lot of power struggle and manipulation. On the other sense, we actually have uh, the sun on top of Venus, which is going to get even stronger the next two days. This is actually very, very positive, especially it's going to be around Wednesday when the sun on top of Venus means new relationships popping in, new people coming in, new ideas, new concepts, new new new. Um, Talents that might um, surface and allow you to make more money or connect you much more to money. And Mercury is being a planet that is very, very uh, fast, is catching up. So we're going to have towards the end of the week, next week, right around the eclipse, a stellium, a conjunction of Mercury, the Sun and Venus, which will be actually very, very interesting and very positive uh, for all of us. Mars is sending pretty strong energy to Saturn. He's been doing it for a while, but now it was supposed to leave the trine. Trine basically means con good connection, flow between Mars, action, and Saturn, which is practicality, pragmatic energy, discipline, persistence. Any kind of good aspect between Mars and Saturn is great for us. Uh, any kind of... It's like... The superhero is around us, not too far. It's like this projection of Batman. He's coming. He's, he's, he's around us. There's a feeling of giving us more that security that the moon in Capricorn take away, can take away. So Mars is going now retrograde, meaning that he's coming back to return to a trine with Saturn. So as Saturn is going forward to the trine, Mars is going retrograde from where he was towards that uh, conjunction, meaning that they're going to, uh, towards the trine, meaning that they're going to create a trine very soon that's going to really help us. And it's a double speed uh, trine, meaning that the planets are heading faster than normal because, again, while Saturn is going forward, he's 18 degrees now, he's going to go in Aquarius, he's going to go faster forward. S Mars is going retrograde, so it's basically literally they're coming towards each other instead of having to chase each other. The other very dramatic thing that's happening is Jupiter being in Pisces, retrograding, and he's going to be retrograding this whole week, the next week, closer and closer to Neptune, which is the ruler of Pisces. Now, remember, Neptune is the ruler of Pisces, Poseidon, the ruler of uh, water, fresh water, as well as the sea. He's also the ruler of earthquakes. And it's kind of interesting that the ancient Greek had that intuition that the ocean is very much connected to earthquakes because the biggest uh, borders, you can say, between tectonic wa uh, plates is taking place in the middle of the ocean. So that's the ring of fire that basically is encircling the Pacific Ocean. So it's kind of interesting. Yes, a lot of earthquakes do happen in the sea. Obviously, the sea is 70 or the water, 71% of the planet. So statistically speaking, it should happen there. But also the plates are very much bordering a lot of time with plates of ocean. So it's interesting that Neptune is the god of earthquake as well as the god of water. He's also associated with horses, by the way. But... Jupiter moving closer and closer to Neptune in their signs. Why their signs? Because Jupiter is the a traditional ruler of Pisces. Neptune is the new modern ruler of Pisces. So they're actually the two rulers of Pisces are coming together. It's almost as if the two parties that are running uh, the country are coming together in harmony to help the country. It sounds like a utopia here in uh, United States talking about it. Or even today when Brazilians are choosing their leader. So anyway, it's something really positive that is going to happen, especially around intuition, around mysticism, dance, movement, meditation. So even though Mars is retrograde, the fact that Jupiter and Neptune are coming together in their own sign is so rare. It happens every 12 years that Jupiter touches Neptune, but 
it's uh, only since 2012 that we have Neptune in Pisces for the first time in 185 years. Therefore, this conjunction is extremely powerful and rare and significant. So really pay attention to it. We already had it this year. Don't forget that Jupiter was in Pisces from the end of December 2021 until middle of May 2022. So you can go back to the first five months of the year to see what was going on there, how Jupiter enhanced your life. Now, until December 28th, it's going to do the same. Sorry, until December 20th, it's going to do the same. So literally until the winter solstice, we're going to have Jupiter retrograde, then going direct in Pisces, his own sign. Again, anything to do with intuition, mysticism, imagination, dance, poetry, movement, a psychic uh, connection, memories from past lifetimes, all these things are floating, flooding you. But of course, there is some danger of floods and earthquakes. Um, if we move towards uh, the, year, the day after, we're talking about November 1st, we have Mars retrograde full on. And Mars is sending a trine, uh, sorry, a, a square to Jupiter and Neptune. This is not the easiest. So again, this is not the best day of uh, the year, of the week. Uh, we have Venus, uh, sorry, we have the moon on top of Saturn. It creates, okay, the moon moved away from Capricorn. It's no longer in exile. It's starting to walk back very slow to Cancer. But it's still in Aquarius. Moon in Aquarius is a little bit, even in the tarot card, it's considered to be futility. You know, spreading yourself too thin, uh, saying yes to too many things, friends pushing you and pulling you in different directions maybe because it's the day of the saints saints are pulling you and pushing you in different direction uh, kind of confusing you the moon on top of saturn difficulties with uh, women with mother figures issues at home that can uh, uh, pop up especially because saturn is right between uh, vesta which is the goddess of the hearth hence the home and the moon which represents the home so there is some difficulties either physically with your home your office even your car maybe uh, and or uh, family members that are going through some challenges or some difficulties or pulling you into that difficulties so just pay attention to that and also at the same time we have uranus squaring saturn and squaring and moon which is never easy it talks about disruption unpredictable things especially with that mars retrograde it can be a little bit tougher and mars is also a squaring Jupiter and Neptune, which again is not the easiest thing when uh, Mars is squaring Jupiter, it makes us do overdue. So not only the moon is in Aquarius, which means us uh, futility, meaning that you're spending time and energy on things that are not working. Mars is retrograde, which means that a lot of the things are not working. And on top of it, Mars is squaring Jupiter, which makes him overdo things. So instead of just chilling out and anyway, nothing's going to happen. So why don't you just sit there and wait? It's kind of a hyperactive kid that is causing damage while he's waiting. So again, pay extra attention to your uh, activities, let's say, on Tuesday. Not on only that. Tuesday, as you know, is the day of Mars anyway. So again, just pay extra attention at that time. If we look at um, Wednesday, uh, again, the sun is getting closer and closer to Venus, which is good news. Mercury is catching up with the sun as well. Good news. That's going to be, in general, good newsness for the next two weeks. But if we look more specifically... Uh, the moon is going to be void, of course, a little bit actually on um, Wednesday. So pay attention wherever you are. If you need to do a special meeting, a, a very important meeting or something that is uh, extremely, um, let's say, meaningful for you or a new beginning, 
just try to be a little bit more careful and make sure that you are not doing it during void of course. So you can just Google wherever you are. Let's say you are in Zurich, um, November 2nd, void of course, and then you'll see all the hours if it is void of course at that day or when it is void of course and avoid doing anything then. If you need to... Um, present some bad news to people or bad news to uh, investors about uh, how much money you made for the company, then you can do it during void, of course. That's actually a good time to do that. Overall, what we have that day, um, yeah, the square between Mars and Jupiter is going to get stronger and stronger just because actually it's going to go backward yeah it's actually going to be easier sorry the mars rich mars squaring jupiter is going to get easier uh, what is going to get tighter is like we said the mars and saturn trine and on uh, wednesday unlike uh, tuesday on wednesday we actually have a beautiful trine between mars action movement energy leadership and the moon which is emotions feelings uh, security. So that's actually really good. So a day that you can do things and accomplish things is going to be much better for you to do it on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, so remember that Wednesday and Thursday are much more action-oriented days and they can work much better for you. Uh, Uranus and Saturn are, you know, they're not squaring officially, even though up until uh, middle of November, they do have that feeling of uh, the square because what's happening right now is that Saturn is moving forward, Uranus is moving backward. So basically, they're splitting away from each other in a way. Um, but still, I think that uh, you have to be still aware that Mars is Saturn squaring uh, Uranus is still going on there. That's what we see even in Iran today. It's been uh, seven weeks that they've been going through the demonstrations. And even today was the ultimatum, I think, from the Revolutionary Guards that everybody has to stop all of the demonstration. And of course, the Iranian, with their bravery, went to the streets even more. Uh, so this is, again, one of the examples of the clash of Uranus and Saturn. Uh, you're going to see it all over the world. We talked about it, the old versus the new, the young versus the uh, mature, uh, um, right versus, versus left. This is very much Uranus and Saturn uh, activities. Even what's happening now with the purchase of Twitter and what does that mean for um, hate speech, which is going to rise dramatically following Elon Musk wherever he goes, basically. It's a residue of evil, I guess. So that's going to get even more uh, powerful right now. And it's not a coincidence that this deal was signed during Mars stationary, Mars retrograde. Somebody's going to regret all of that. And of course, uh, during the square between Uranus, which is freedom, and Saturn, which is restriction. So we'll see that interacting in the next few weeks. Now, the day after is interesting. Thursday, it's November 3rd. Uh, we're seeing that uh, the Sun and Venus are conjunct the South Node. This is not the easiest because what it tells us is that we might face patterns from past relationships, issues with our egos, issues with our partner's egos, clashes of egos. Why? Because A, we have Uranus uh, opposite to the Sun, opposite to Mercury, opposite to Venus. So we're starting a little bit of an opposition here between Venus, which is relationship and partnership, and 
Uranus, which is unpredictable, disruptive energy. Opposition always means that you're forced to be looking at yourself in the mirror and you look terrible. So that mirror could be your partner. That mirror could be your business partner. It could be any significant other. And it's maybe even not how you look at yourself in the mirror and you see, I mean, those mirrors, like I told you, are people usually or situation, but you might not like who you became in order to be with that specific person or in that specific role or in that specific friendship. So what's going to happen is you're going to maybe be able to see how you look in order to be able to sustain that relationship. And you're going to have to decide, you know what, I really don't like myself the way I need to be in order to be in that friendship or in order to be in that relationship. So that's happening much more Thursday, Friday. It's going to kind of Weed out some people around you or some behaviors that you have with certain people. Also, it could be that you're looking at the way you are making a living and second guess it or decide that that might not be what I want to do. Again, Mars retrograde does give you the ability to reflect, to re to stop for a second and check to see your actions. So Mars retrograde, which is going to lead us until middle of January, is really a time where you are defining your action, how you lead people, your energy level, you know, what do you want to fight for? And because it's in Gemini, how you communicate, how you think, how you market yourself, how you sell things, um, and what is your message? Like, what do you want to say in this lifetime and who you want to say it to? And what medium do you want to deliver that messages? Okay, so that's the Mars retrograde. So again, Moon is in Pisces, uh, November 3rd, much more mystical, intuitive, much more connected to emotions, a little bit of lack of boundaries out there, but the Moon is sending beautiful energy to Venus, beautiful energy to the Sun. This means that there is a lot of accomplishment that can happen on uh, Thursday and Friday when the Moon and the Sun are sending beautiful energy to each other. So we have beautiful trines happening. Mars to Saturn is getting closer. The Sun and Moon and Venus are creating a beautiful uh, connection as also Mercury. The only opposition is that we have that south node on top of the sun, on top of a Venus opposite to Uranus. Like I told you, it's a little bit of uh, seeing yourself in the mirror, which might not be as uh, attractive to you or pleasant. And also the fact that there could be an awakening in relation to a relationship. It doesn't have to be a bad awakening. And also that you're confronting a lot of strange people. Or you are one of those strange people that are, other people are confronting with. But overall, uh, we have a lot of trines that day. And the south node that day just represents letting go of things that harm you in relation to relationship and partnerships. Friday, what we have is the moon nested between Jupiter and Neptune. Very beautiful day of meditation, intuition, mysticism, a great day for dating, a great day for art, for design, for colors. Yes, we are starting to have that Venus squaring Saturn, which is not the easiest, which is going to guide you throughout the, year, the week after. Uh, that just means some kind of um, action around relationships that you might not want to take and some doubts about relationship. But Neptune is sending great energy all over the place, uh, almost like a perfect trine to Minerva, the goddess of wisdom. So there's definitely a lot of wisdom bestowed on you or you are giving a lot of wisdom to other people in November 4, Friday and November 5, Saturday which is great before the eclipse. So we have a very strong emphasis of water on Friday. So try to spend time by water, get into the tub, take longer showers if you're not, unless you're in a place that has drought. We'll talk about it in a second, which is not the best time uh, to do long showers, but maybe you can uh, 
go into the shower with the intention of washing not only your body, but your aura as well, because we're going to have Mercury, Sun, Venus in Scorpio, water. We have Jupiter, Moon, Neptune in Pisces, water. And we have Minerva and the Black Moon in Cancer, water. So definitely water is raining uh, on us. Raining also with R-A-I-N. And Again, the moon on top of Jupiter is always good for real estate, for homes, for uh, healing relationships with home and family. The moon on top of Neptune, do, do trust your intuition. Definitely do a lot of work with your dreams at that uh, day, Friday, Saturday. And like I said, spend time with water. And there is a beautiful triang a triangle forming that day. So that's great. Um, and Saturday, which is November 5th, we have uh, the perfect conjunction of the sun with the south node. That means that November node, Saturday, is a time to release. Let go. Release of negative, negative thoughts. Releasing of your ego. Releasing of any patterns in relationship. Again, the north node in Scorpio happens once every 19 years. And this is the last time, is it last time? Yeah, it is the last time that we're going to have the south node on top of uh, the sun in such a strong way. So at least for the next 19 years, last time it happened was 2003, 2004. You can go back to see that. So this is almost the last chance of releasing, of separating or of cutting away from anything that you feel that is harming you from your ego, from the way you think and the way you communicate in relation to your relationship. And you know what? The fact that Uranus is doing that opposition the whole time is not bad because it's awakening us to what we actually need to do. In that sense, it's actually very, very positive. Mars and uh, Saturn are still at it uh, in their trine and Mars and Jupiter are having their a square getting tighter and tighter actually now that I think about it because both of them are retrograding towards each other. So that's even the fastest closing square that we're going to experience uh, right at the eclipse, which is happening November 7th. So again, it's gonna you're going to have to be really careful from the 3rd, let's say, of November for at least a week, two weeks of not overdoing, doing too much, trying too much. Uh, it doesn't work and doing it again, again, again. I don't think that action and persistence is the most important thing right now because it might lead you to that futility we talked about. And it's the danger of that Saturn, uh, that Jupiter squaring Mars, which we talked about, especially around Saturday because the moon is moving into Aries. And the moon in Aries is just an instinct to be even more aggressive or more active or more impulsive. And the moon is going to be also on top of Chiron, the wounded healer. So Saturday, there might be, again, old wounds from your family that is resurfacing or coming a little bit more into uh, the spotlights. That was um, our discussion. Um, let's see. Now let's see what is going on in general. Um, slideshow. So what I wanted to um, tell you guys, and you have it in the charts, by the way, is that I'm going to do an in-person book signing uh, about astrology of 2023 in the west side in Santa Monica. It's going to be Friday, November 18 at 7 p.m. You can join us. And if you are not in Los Angeles, it's okay because on Sunday, November 13, uh, I'm going to do a webinar, the same one on the astrology of 2023. And we're going to go and understand all the main trends that are coming up to us and how to prepare for it. And that's, of course, based on um, my book that you can still get. And yes, I know you guys, 
got it. Some of you got it. Please, please, if you can write um, a review on Amazon, that would be really helpful. I think that 13 of you guys did it, and I think that more of you can do it if you got the book. And, of course, if you thought it was worthy of a review. Um, but if it's not worthy, it's not worthy. But if it is worth and you thought about it and didn't do it, then use the Mars uh, squaring Jupiter and do it. Overdo it. Yes, that you're allowed to overdo. So anyway, Halloween, all hallow eves. And hallow, uh, the etymology is actually from Halgian or Halgian to make holy, to sanctify, to honor uh, as holy, to consecrate, to ordain. Related to the word holy, of course, it proto-Germanic, holyagon. I wonder if holygan, hooligans. No, no, it's different. But maybe saints are kind of spiritual hooligans. And that's why Hailgon, Hailagon, Hailagon uh, is from the Germanic source of it. And also it's the Gallic, uh, of course, festival of uh, Samhain, which is the day that the Celts started their year. So now the Celts, like the Jews, actually started their year, their day, sorry, on the Eve. That's why we have Hallow Eve, Halloween, because, or Christmas Eve. Yule Eve, because they started like in Judaism, like in the Bible, the day starts at sunset. So when the sun sets and the moon rises is when the day begins. That's why a Shabbat dinner is actually not happening on Saturday, which is what the Shabbat means in Hebrew, but on Friday night. That's why Passover is celebrated in the night. That basically is the beginning of the day of the next day. The reason why is it from the from Genesis? Because every day God did something and at the end of the day, God blessed the day. And called it a, a certain day. So that's why they decided that that's how it's going to work. It's going to work from sunset to sunset instead of from dawn to dawn. Or maybe they just wanted to be original. But anyway, uh, the festival starts it uh, tomorrow in Hallow Eve. It's the day before the Day of the Saint, November 1st and November 2nd. But of course, the Celts predates Christianity. And for them, it was the New Year because right now we're done with harvesting everything that we have. It's very similar to the Jewish New Year, which is another celebration of harvest. Uh, and now we're going to have to see if we have enough food to survive for another year. That's the whole idea in Judaism of whether God will sign you in a book of the living and the dead. I don't think it has anything to do with uh, sins and all that kind of stuff. That's like layers that later on the rabbis and the religious people put on top. But practically speaking, if you look at the more astrological idea of it, and I told you astrology is the mother of religion and the mother of science. If you think about what is the astrologic behind it, it is because we harvested everything we have during during Virgo, and now on the new moon in Libra, in Judaism, or in uh, Scorpio, the time of uh, the end of the harvest, we see what we have. And if we have harvested enough, we're going to survive the winter. If we're not, we're probably going to be written, or some of us, in the Book of the Dead, and we're not going to make it to next year. The idea also is that now that we're done with the harvest, we have to rain, wait for the rains to come. And if the rains do come and it's not a drought year, then again, we can start the year knowing that we are gonna, actually going to finish it. So that's the logic behind why it is celebrated as the new year for the Celts. And like I told you before, it is the time where the, the differentiation between the living and the dead, between the veils between the living and the dead, are the thinnest. That's why, in many ways, it's scary because anything liminal is scary. Anything in the lobby, in the waiting room, is scary because you don't know what's going to happen once you get into that room or once you get into that process. So the same thing with... 
liminal Halloween. It's right at the border between the living and the dead, between the last year and this year, between your past lifetime and this lifetime. And there's always magic when liminal areas are. And they're always kind of colored by orange. And interestingly enough, orange in the tree of life is the sphere of splendor, reverberation, which is ruled by Mercury, the magician. So magic is associated with splendor in the tree of life, which color is orange. In the early Kabbalah, the idea of the orange grove, the entrance of the four rabbis to the orange grove, it's Maseh Pardes, uh, the idea of uh, the grove or the, um, the orange grove, you can say, is um, very much about, again, when you move into or you come into that space of orange, even if it's orange trees, magic is taking place. And that's why the pumpkin is orange. And that's why the color of Halloween is black and orange. So again, orange is magic. It's transformation. And Mercury, of course, was the psychopomp, that uh, deity that helps the soul cross the river of death. Mars stationary. Yeah, that's what I told you that um, in Seoul, 150 people died. A car bombing in Somalia a market a killed 100 people. The Shabab took uh, a responsibility of it. And some uh, news about Mars retro in, German, in, uh, in Germany, in Gemini. So first of all, uh, there was a whole article now coming out about how Facebook, TikTok, are helping push, actually, the steel in Brazil. So basically what's happening is researchers actually say that the company's algorithm are sending people towards content and groups that aim to overturn unfavorable election results. So literally these platforms of Facebook and TikTok that are binary platforms, again, Gemini, Mars in Gemini, they're retreating, they're rebringing or they're retracting people into falsehood, which is interesting because... Because Gemini is ruled by Mercury. Mercury is the god of liars and thieves. I told you that the dark side of Gemini is lies. In the days leading to the Brazil most consequential presidential election in decades, Meta and TikTok have steered millions of Brazilians towards baseless accusation, false claims of of election fraud and extremist content. That's from the Washington Post. And I can expect the same thing will happen a few days after the mid-election, mid-term election here. I'm sure that Facebook and TikTok are doing the same with their algorithm. Now we can blame the AI for doing it. Hey, hey, we didn't do anything. It's our artificial intelligence. Before we'd say, oh, I didn't do anything. It's my devil. And now we can say, oh, I didn't do anything. It was the algorithm. Uh, yes, and in Dubai, from, Reut- uh, from Reuters, this came out that weeks of, uh, after seven weeks of protest in Iran entered a more violent phase a Sunday as students defied the ultimatum by the Revolutionary Guard uh, and were met by tear gas, beating, gunfire, riot police, militia. I mean, the more stories that they will accumulate of their abuse, the more which will actually stimulate people because I think that the Iranian got to the place of no return. And I'm really sending so much energy towards them in my meditations in the morning, not only because I think that they're absolutely just uh, to break away from this oppressive uh, regime, but think about how the world might be influenced by a change of attitude in Iran. Uh, because I don't have to tell you, a lot of you know Iranians. I get the pleasure of meeting them here in Los Angeles, a lot of them in Istanbul, a lot of them in London. 
And they're amazing people. They're creative. They're highly intelligent. And they have the backing of thousands of years of civilization. And thousands of years of civilization means that their epigenetics and their genetics are rich with information, let's say that. And the land itself is a land that have seen so much. If you think about the history of that specific area, the cradle of uh, civilization. So when they're going to change their regime there and open up and use all of their talent, it's going to be... A superpower. I'm serious. And not a superpower because they arm um, militia and terrorists all over the world, but because they are creating something new out of their own abilities and they're not molested or not even blocked or censored by the world. So the problems in Yemen, the problems with Saudi Arabia. The problems in um, in Israel. I mean, Israel won't be able to be as far winged as it is right now because the evil enemy of Iran will be gone away, and now they're going to have to deal with the Palestinian issue and getting it resolved once and for all. There's not going to be any more escapes. I think it will change everything that's going on in Lebanon, and Lebanon can be freed from that influence. Syria can decide once and for all what it wants to do instead of what Iran wants to do. And the whole area, I think, will be maybe tilting a little bit less to the right, because the right always wins when there is fear. That's the dark side of the right. Fear. Uh, so when there's so much fear, more people tilt towards the right, even to the extreme right, like what's happening in Israel right now. Uh, so that will definitely diffuse a lot of the power that the ultra-right have if, again, Iran will be back with Iranians. Now, the, the Mars retrograde, I wanted to tell you where you need to focus your Mars retrograde. And if you go to my uh, Instagram, cosmic underscore um, navigator, You'll see that I made little slides that you can just uh, swipe like you do in uh, Tinder and stuff to find your sign and to see what you need to focus on in this Mars retrograde. So the Mars retrograde gives us two things. Energy in that specific area in your life for each sign, but also where things from the past might return. Also, where you can actually benefit from going back to old projects that you might have done in connection to that area in your life and return to it, come back to it in a sense. So, for example, Aries have to deal with the way they communicate. So communication, sibling, I mean, your energy for Aries is going to be very much about words, communication, marketing. But because it's retrograde, it's not the best time to start things, but you could go back to ideas you had in the past and do something different, do something new, try it again, in a sense. So it's, again, retrograde always gives us permission to start new things. Yes, if you've already started it in the past and failed to accomplish it or something blocked it. So then it actually can be blessed by the Mars retrograde because Mars retrograde kind of has some connection to your past. So it can bring from your past things that could benefit you. So for Aries, it's all about communication. But because Mars is there, it can cause wars or conflict. So that could be for Aries about siblings, relatives, roommates, neighbors. For Taurus, it's more about their money. So again, project that you wanted to do in the past and failed, talents that you might have had can return. Uh, new ways of making money as long as they're based on things that you've tried in the past. And also, it's a period to go back to periods that you had no uh, self-worth and try to figure out how do I rebuild my self-worth. It's also a time that a lot of Tauruses are going to change their values. So if I would be in the um, 
in the government or, or trying to become uh, or being part of the government, if I would be running for office or something, uh, I would look for all the Tauruses. I would like look at the list of Tauruses and, and voters that are Taurus because Taurus are swinging now in their values, in what they believe in. So anybody who is a Taurus, Mooney Taurus, Taurus Rising is up to grab for the Republican or the Democrats for uh, the left or the right in in uh, Brazil. You know, so I think that the swinging votes, at least now for the next three months, are mainly Torian in nature. Gemini are going to feel it everywhere because Mars is retrograding Gemini. So they just have to be careful not to be too retrospective or good or, or nostalgic or try to go to the back. When I told you to go back to your time in time to, to bring something from the past, I'm not talking about going back to your teenage times or, or going back to um, wanting to be, you know, like Trump, for example, he's a Gemini, make America great again. You know, I'm not talking about nostalgia or going back to uh, bringing back my youth and suddenly deciding that I need to dump my wife and uh, hang out with a 21-year-old, Okay. It's going back to the time, to things, back in time, to things that you can fix and rectify. So for Gemini, it's about everything, but especially about their body, how they lead, what what is leadership for them, what is their direction. So for Gemini also, uh, they're also up to grabs because, politically speaking, because they're testing this direction, doesn't feel good. I'll go that direction. So they're also kind of wobbling between paths. For cancer, very simple, let go. You might be feeling a lot of past uh, past lifetime, sorry, you might be dealing with a lot of um, um, post-traumatic uh, disorder, you know, memories from past lifetimes of being a soldier, a fighter, a warrior, experiencing war. So you might have a little bit more disturbing dreams. Uh, your intuition is still very, very strong because Mars is retrograde in your house of intuition. But it might be more aggressive or more difficult or my or my, part of your intuition might come from actual action or things that happen around you that tells you your direction. But at the same time, uh, your healing abilities are really going up. For Leo, it's about re-examining your friendships and you might get into some fights with corporations, governments, you know, organizations, permits. Anything to do with um, the government, it could be a little bit more tough for you. And also with some friendships, oh, but it could mean that friends from the past are showing up. For Virgo, it could be a little bit more difficult with a career, with uh, bosses, father figures, uh, or people who are very mentored or very important in your life. So for Virgo, it is returning to old things that you might have done in your career. At the same time, there might be a little bit back and forth by uh, figuring out who is the leader, who I need to follow or who needs to follow me in connection to the career. Libra is all about traveling. So if Libra is planning to travel, just to be a little bit more careful, there could be some conflict with in-laws or some conflict with uh, foreigners and overall or teachers, or if you're a teacher with some students. In Scorpio, it's all about the 8th house, which is kind of interesting because Mars is the ruler of Scorpio and Scorpio is the ruler of the 8th house, the house of sexuality. So for Scorpio, it's about shedding. It's about a transformation. It's about tapping into their healing abilities that they might have had in the past and especially to be a little bit more careful with sharp things. Sagittarius is about relationships. So there could be a little bit more conflict with relationship, partnership. Your enemies might be surfacing or resurfacing to deal with them. Zombies, you know, like maybe um, some enemies that you had in your past that are returning. Uh, it also is a period where you can create a lot of new connections or new 
partnerships. But just be careful because they might not last more than January 15. For Capricorn, it's about work, health, diet, routine. There might be some conflict with, uh, with co-workers, with employees. But at the same time, it's a great time to go back to projects that you want to push, uh, especially leadership in work. That could help also. And also changing your diet will be really good for you. For uh, Aquarius, it's all about uh, love, happiness, creativity. Your children might cause some trouble. Your lovers uh, might be a little bit um, annoying. You might be caught if you have a secret love affair, so be super careful. Uh, but it also means that there could be children of the mind coming forward, like ideas for concepts, especially written creative things could be very good for you. And for Pisces, it's about home and family. So there could be some conflict with family members. But it also could be a period where you are really understanding much more what you want and what you don't want, either with where you live or who you live uh, with. Um, so next week, what I plan to do with you guys is talk about Jupiter uh, in the signs. And again, if you go to my Instagram, you'll see that I made these slides uh, for Jupiter in the different signs. So you can check it out in cosmic underscore navigator. And um, we're going to talk about the water issues, Jupiter in Pisces, which is going to be with us until December 20th, until the solstice. And of course, we're going to talk about the upcoming eclipse that is happening Monday, if I believe. Monday? Um, I think so. Next Monday, November. Yes, next Monday, the day of the moon. So... Thanks a lot uh, for bearing with me. I, uh, I see that you guys are not wearing costumes, which is uh, an abomination uh, under the Lord. Uh, so um, I see the, the Renica family over there, but nobody's with costumes unless you guys disguise yourself to grandfather, grandmother, and grandchild. This is also a good description. I mean, maybe your granddaughter was your grandmother in a past lifetime, so she's wearing now uh, her costume. Yes. Uh, I see some of you driving. That's not very good. Hey, somebody is having, Holly is having a, a costume. Yeah, that's great. You're very brave. The rest of you are costume with a black um, black label with your name, which, of course, your name is your costume. Um, you're wearing that costume religiously. And only in Halloween, you're allowed to take off your costume because you decided to put another costume. So that totally makes sense. So goodbye. Have an amazing week. Uh, this is the book for 2023. Please spread the word because I don't have any marketing uh, teams or I don't have any team except my cat who is complaining all the time and he's only marketing his hunger. So if you can help out with spreading the the word, like I told you guys, if you get five books and put um, it on Instagram in a story, I'm going to send you these little plates signed with the people that you want to gift it to. Um, let's see. Yeah, I know. Somebody said I look like Howard Stern. Yeah, I mean, I think that when I put it on and I put the mic on, it immediately remember me. The um, reminded me of that. Um, let's see. Any kind of um, well, thanks a lot. I see. Oh, Bell, eh, Belinda put a costume on now. Now all the Braves are coming out. Now that we have officially uh, opened the door. So anyway, have a great um, uh, thanks uh, not Thanksgiving. Uh, this is Halloween. Uh, Thanksgiving to your ancestors. I'll see you some of you tonight and have an amazing, amazing week.